Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Amanda Bell. Uh, Good morning. So we are continuing the story with Paul in Ephesus and I'm going to read our verses for today. So after all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. So he sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers in related trades, and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who was worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. Um, And I think this is a really interesting passage. But first, let's just consider what we've already seen in chapter 19 of Acts. So we've got Paul, the Holy Spirit being poured out, bold preaching to the Jews who don't listen, so Paul goes to the Gentiles instead, classic. Miraculous healings, spiritual warfare, which only makes the name of Jesus held in even higher repute, which brings mass repentance. So far, so acts, you might say. And Paul stayed in Ephesus for two years, which is the longest he stayed anywhere. And I think what we see in chapter 19 is the blossoming of the local church, which has become a provocative church. And I use that name because Graham Tomlin, who's the Bishop of Kensington and the Dean of St. Melitus, has written a book called Provocative Church. And he talks about evangelism as a corporate activity that draws people when they see a real commitment to social action or spiritual renewal. And Tomlin writes this that unless there is something about church or Christians or faith that intrigues, provokes or entices, then our message will fall on deaf ears. And he's writing about 21st century London, you know, the kind of postmodern place with this truth, that truth, you do you and I'll do me, which isn't so far away from first century Ephesus. And the church in Ephesus, it is intriguing people, with its bold teaching and pure way of life. It is enticing people with healing miracles and spiritual renewal. And we see in our section today, it's also provoking people. The silversmiths who create statues of the goddess Artemis are not happy. They're losing business and their goddess is being discredited. And I think we can see clearly here, there are two things which the provocative church confronts, which Jesus confronts. And those are idolatry and money which are nice light topics for a Monday morning. And um, an idol is anything that draws our hearts and our attention away from God. It's anything or anyone that takes the place of God, God who is jealous of our worship. And we see in our passage that the Ephesians are addicted to worshipping the goddess Artemis. 
and the temple of the goddess Artemis was one of the original seven wonders of the world. There was this famous massive statue of her which these silversmiths would have been copying and it was a really big business. The Greek travel writer Paul Sanius wrote about Ephesus and her fame because of the size of the temple, surpassing all buildings among men, the eminence of the city of the Ephesians and the renown of the goddess who dwells there. And the picture you can see is a Roman copy of the original statue. And I um, lived for a number of years in Hong Kong where I ran a safe house for teenage girls. <coughs> and like Ephesus and like London, Hong Kong is not a Christian city. And just like Ephesus, there was a huge statue of the local goddess called Guanyan. And this statue was so big that I could see it from my bedroom window every morning when I woke up, even though it was miles away. And most of the girls I lived with had been dedicated at birth to this goddess. And in Chinese culture, you wouldn't have been given a silver copy, but you would have had a jade copy of the goddess. And jade is really highly valued. And often the girls would come in with sort of necklaces and protective amulets. And when they believed in Jesus, we would say that you need to repent of worshipping this goddess. And that also means you need to throw away anything to do with that old way of life, like your jade amulets. And sometimes they were, they were quite valuable. And the London skyline is empty of statues. For a long time, the tallest building in London was St Paul's Cathedral. Um, it's now one Canada Square in Canary Wharf, which is smack bang in the middle of our financial district. And there are a lot of uh, older and wiser people than me on this call. And I think we, we all know that materialism is idolatry. And God, he is, he is jealous of our worship. He cannot stand idolatry. And Jesus was very clear that we cannot worship God and mammon. And the provocative local church will confront what a culture most values, precisely because the church is called to be salt and light. That prophetic voice calling out its culture, not to condemn it, but to offer it a better way. And what Ephesus valued most was its goddess and making money from the silver statue trade. And in London, we celebrate self and achievement and material success over trust in Jesus. In Hebrews 13, the writer says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. And I'm going to leave us a local church and a provocative church with three responses. And the first is, are we still carrying anything from our old lives which we need to lay down? Like the jade amulets, things which we trust to protect us and provide us aside from Christ. Maybe it's money, maybe it's something else. And the second is to pray for ourselves, for our city, for those that we know, to be free from the love of money. And one of the ways that we can be free is by giving. That's why we often talk about generosity in the church. And the third thing is to pray for those for whom at the moment money is actually a real struggle. And as the financial realities of lockdown in the world become clearer, I think we know that's only going to get worse. But the promise of Jesus yesterday, today and forever is never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Amen.